Hey, South Africa. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track Weekend. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been sharing some insights into the various master plans set up to grow Mzanzi's agricultural industry. We kicked off with the poultry sector, then the sugar master plan. And in this week's edition, we take a closer look at the master plan for the commercial forestry sector in South Africa 2020 to 2025. Joining us now to detail this plan is the Executive Director of Forestry South Africa, Michael Peter. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track. Perhaps we can tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can start off with kind of a broad overview of South Africa's forestry sector. You know, what the landscape looks like, a bit of a bird's eye view to start the conversation, if you do that for me. I'm a dyed-in-the-wool forester. All I've ever done is forestry. I've been in the industry over 30 years, and I've worked in a fairly broad range of portfolios, including the public sector and the private sector. And I lead Forestry South Africa, which is an industry association actually representing primarily timber growers in South Africa. But if the role is evolved, given what's happened through the Public-Private Growth Initiative and the Forestry Sector Master Plan, to almost becoming a bit of a focal point for the whole value chain, for the industry and for government and for organised labour to collaborate around the national agenda for forestry. In terms of what the sector landscape looks like, it's a very interesting sector. Forestry in South Africa, first, let me say, is all plantation forestry based. So 99% probably of South Africa's forestry output is from plantation-based forests. There might be a little bit of indigenous timber harvesting down in the Southern Cape in the government plantations, but we're not involved in that. All of our timber products are sourced from sustainably farmed timber plantations. In terms of the value of the industry, uh, the primary side of the business, which our association represents for South Africa, produces about 10 billion rands worth of roundwood a year. And that roundwood is then beneficiated through sawmills and particle board mills and pulp and paper mills, charcoal plants, pulp plants, and so on. They generate an additional 50 billion rands worth of forest products. So overall, the sector on average for the last few years has been about a 60 billion rand a year industry. So a very strong vertical integration in the sector. And we're also a very big contributor to South Africa's foreign exchange earnings, its current account, for manufacturing. So we're typically in the top five of manufacturing contributors to foreign exchange earnings in South Africa. So yes, a fairly small sector in terms of our footprint. We operate on less than 1% of South Africa's surface area, and we use less than 5% of the water used by the rest of agriculture. But punch way above our weight. We generate about 27% of agricultural GDP and about the same percentage of jobs. So that's sort of an overview of the sector. Thanks so much for that, Michael. Now. To the forestry sector master plan that was set up in support of the reimagined industry strategy for South Africa, and this was, of course, approved by government in June 2019. Let's focus on some of the key players involved to develop this plan and what it basically aims to do. You'd have pinpointed some of the areas already, but just to give us some more information on that. So the master plan itself was actually only approved in October of 2020 by Cabinet. But what was approved in June of 2019 was the precursor to the master plan, which was the presidentially-led public-private growth initiative. And this emanated after President Ramaphosa gave his inaugural State of the Nation address. And after that address, business was moved to try and assist the president, his presidency, and his administration in trying to undo the damage done by the 10 wasted years of the Zuma administration. 
So business approached the presidency and said, what can we do to support your efforts to turn the economy and the country around? And so the, out of that, the public-private growth initiative was born. Forestry was very fortunate to be one of the sectors identified in the PPGI as being able to contribute towards the renewal of South Africa's economy, increased employment, increased transformation, and increased country competitiveness. And it was the PPGI that led to the development of the, the much more detailed forestry sector master plan. You know, again, to your question around the key role players, the PPGI was obviously just us and the presidency. And the presidency obviously drew in all the departments into the PPGI process. The master plan by its very nature is broader than that. So the master plan is all of our value chains, organized labor and government all agreeing to what are the key priorities that the sector or the country needs to address in order to support increased economic output, increased employment, increased transformation, importantly in the sector, and increased country competitiveness. So those are kind of the, the overarching objectives of both the PPG and the master plan. And what the master plan did do, and that was in the public-private growth initiative, the presidency said to business, if you'd like to support me and support the presidency and support the country, you need to invest. What investments are you prepared to make? And our sector pledged 24 billion rand in new investment in capacity in the country to support the economic turnaround of South Africa. And those investment pledges are obviously also captured in the master plan. So the master plan really is a partnership between primarily government and business, but also organized labor because they have an important role to play in the economy and the social fabric of the country, through which we try and say, if we get these things right, these are the positive benefits in terms of economic output, jobs and transformation in particular, and competition for South Africa. Because, you know, timber products are sold primarily in the international market. It's dollar denominated. So South Africa's competitiveness is really important for our industry. And those are kind of the key tenets of the key objectives of the master plan. Now, this plan also has very specific focus area. The master plan has six focus areas. We won't be able to explore all of them, but could you maybe share some highlights on maybe four of the focus area? Focus area one being the expansion of the primary resources, maintenance and protection. Focus area two being transformation and labor issues. And then focus area three is processing. And focus area four, the illegal timber and crime-related activities. Just a few key highlights from these areas and why it was specifically chosen to highlight and develop the sector. If you see how those focus areas are listed, they are listed quite literally in their logical order. So without a doubt, and I'm not saying this because I represent the primary side of the business, everybody in our sector, even those that are involved in printing and packaging, will agree that key focus area one is the most important focus area of the master plan. In fact, when we negotiated the public-private growth initiative with the presidency, they said, put up what you regard as catalytic projects. Don't put everything that's important. Put the stuff that if we get that right, everything else will follow. And so we translate that into the master plan as well. That key focus area one, expansion of the primary resource, maintain maintenance of the primary resource, and the protection of the primary resource, nothing could be more important for the success of the master plan because... You know, our industry has made huge strides. For example, key focus area two, transformation and labor issues. Our industry is probably one of the best performing sectors in terms of broad-based black economic empowerment in the country. If you look at the industry scorecard, if you look at the individual scorecard of companies in South Africa, in fact, our two largest members, who between them probably account for about 60% of South Africa's forestry output, are both level one BE contributors. 
So the point of this is if you want more empowerment in the industry, you need to create additional resources through which new people uh, and new black people can enter the sector. And that's why that key focus area one is so important. The same thing is true for processing and manufacturing. If the presidency wants increased investment in manufacturing, well, then you need to have a feedstock to support that increased expansion. And so that's actually what's happened. The industry has invested over 12 billion rands since we made that commitment to the president in new manufacturing and processing capacity. What we haven't gotten right, and particularly what the Department of Forestry, Fisheries, Environment hasn't gotten right, is supporting the expansion of additional timber plantation resources because we need to have a feedstock to put through those mills. And through the creation of those additional resources, in particular, the recapitalization of severely graded state plantations, there are the opportunities, firstly, for new fiber to support that expansion, but also the opportunities for bringing in new empowerment partners, black industrialists, and so on, linking those plantations now with proper markets, including international markets, none of which happens while those plantations remain as part of government's responsibility. Those plantations are also in a shocking state to the extent that the Auditor General could not express an audit opinion on the state plantations in South Africa. So we reached agreement with the presidency three and a half years ago and the Minister of Forestry, Fisheries, Environment two and a half years ago. That is our single biggest priority, getting those state plantations in partnership with the private sector and labor to be recapitalized. And it's the area that we've seen the least progress from the state and the area that really scares us the most because the point I'm making here again is that is the underpinning requirement for increased investment in processing, for increased transformation in the sector. So that's the area where we're perhaps most frustrated. That being said, we've seen tremendous delivery from government against the master plan from other departments. So for example, the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform, we have been begging for the last nearly 30 years, since 1994, last 28 years, for funding for black people to participate in the sector. Industry puts up millions and millions every year. We've got over 20,000 small-scale black timber growers, all of whom have been funded by industry. Government has not put in one cent over the last 28 years to support black people in the forestry industry. Last year, for the first time, the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform fixed that, and they've created this blended finance instrument along with the IDC, and this is nearly a billion rands worth of funding, not just for forestry, it's available for black farmers as well. But it's a massive opportunity for the first time for black people in South Africa to get funding to participate in the forestry industry. So that's the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. That's a major outcome of the master plan. Other ones, the Department of Water and Sanitation, with whom we've had the most horrendous relationship for the past decade or longer, suddenly in the last two years under President Ramaphosa's administration under the new Director General in DWS, we've now resolved many of the water licensing challenges. So DWS are doing what we need of them. Department of Science and Innovation have just given us the biggest grant for research in forestry that we have ever received from any government department. So there are major areas of progress. We're making tremendous progress with Transnet in the area of rail and ports with Portia Darby and her team. They've been fantastically receptive to partnership with industry. But again, you know, our biggest challenge at Dawn is that KFA1. So if we get all those other things that I've mentioned right, but there's no new feedstock, no new timber, to support investment and employment and processing and country competitiveness, then, then it's almost government's wasting its time on all of these other things and industry's wasting its time making all of these investments. So we sincerely hope we're going to be able to crack KFA1 because nothing is more important in the master plan than that key focus area.
Michael, I think you've answered my fourth question in terms of, you know, the timelines and outputs and highlighting some of the progress that has been made and some of the areas that still need more focus. I won't ask you to clarify more on that, but if there's maybe some information that you think that farmers should specifically know and others working in the forestry sector to understand this master plan. Dawn, we've asked our members, we've told our members, we've actually provided the answer to that question directly to our members. We've encouraged all of our members and timber farms to familiarize themselves with the master plan. And the reason why we've done that is we've had plans for forestry as of every other sector for the past 28 years. And government is notorious adhering to and implementing those plans. So in many ways, previous administrations say, okay, we've got a plan. And in their mind, the job was done. They don't realize the job is actually in executing that plan. But this master plan is different in two ways. And this is why I would really like farmers and timber growers to familiarize themselves with it. One, it provides timelines and details, as well as responsible people and responsible organizations, be it government, be it industry, be it labor. So people can then write to the ministry if they feel that stuck in the master plan, for example, the recapitalization of the Western Cape, which is taking an inordinately long time, is being done in the most opaque way. Timber growers in that part of the world can write to the minister and say, your master plan says you are committed to do X, Y, and Z. Cabinet has approved that you have missed the deadlines. We expect a report on where the department is in, in meeting those obligations or catching up. So that's the beauty of the master plan is that it identifies who is responsible for which aspects of the plan, both for industry and for government and for labor. And it holds people accountable to timeframes. You know, if I was offering any advice to farms, I'd say get out there. The documents on our website, on FSA's website, it's on government's website. Familiarize yourself with the detail of the plan. Because so often members will approach us and say, Mike, what's happening with this? Or other departments will say, where are we on that? And I'm saying it's all in the document. You know, it's all in the document. I gave a presentation to the Portfolio Committee on Forestry, Fisheries and Environment in December. And the questions from, this is the Oversight Committee responsible for overseeing the Minister of Forestry, Fisheries, Environment Portfolio. And the questions they were asking suggested to me that they hadn't even seen the master plan that had been improved, approved by Cabinet more than a year earlier. And that turned out to be true. So it, this is not just true of farmers. This is true of everybody in our industry, in government, in Parliament. Familiarise yourself with the document which government, industry and organised labour have all committed themselves to, because through that process, first, you'll get answers to a lot of questions that you might have. And secondly, it provides a mechanism to hold all of us accountable for our undertakings. Well, then I'm very happy to be able to talk to you about this, Michael, specifically because we aim to share all the information related to a farming commodity or a farming practice with our farming audience. So thank you so much for being here. Now, what is the outlook for the next three years until 2025? Do you have any comments in closing before I let you go? Just that thing that should really stay top of mind. I think for me, the accountability aspect is really important. And I think just by you know preparing for this interview and looking at the master plan, I think the outputs are very clear. So I think it's our collective responsibility to hold you know, the industry accountable. So I'm very grateful for that aspect of the specific master plan. We're very positive about the outlook and not just because we're coming off a low base. You know, the last three years, we had the massive impacts of COVID. Although I have to tell you that government were the industry's ally during the worst of COVID. Many of our products were declared essential sectors, which was wonderful for us, but it was also wonderful for the country that we could continue to produce many of those essential goods and services that the country needed to help navigate our way through COVID. Nonetheless, there was a severe impact on the sector. Then last year, we had the failed insurrection, 
of July, which caused such incredible damage to our industry. More than 60% of our manufacturing output is based in KwaZulu-Natal. So the impacts of that failed insurrection were absolutely devastating on our industry, but hopefully those issues are behind us. And then, of course, this year we had the devastating floods, which wiped out a huge amount of manufactured goods in Guazanatel sitting in warehouses. So we're coming off a low base. That being said, there is robust international demand for forest products and domestic demand for forest products. So we're actually very positive. And also, you know, I mentioned earlier on about the public-private growth initiative. We were very careful to make sure that this master plan wasn't just another plan. So we have maintained a very strong formal link between the master plan implementation under the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment and PPGI commitments around forestry. So we report independently to the president and the presidency twice a year on how we're doing on our forestry PPGI commitments and how government's doing. And those same commitments are echoed again in the master plan. So there's nowhere for anybody to hide whether it's government or industry or anybody else, because there are two separate accounting channels to make sure that we help turn the country around. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, even our biggest frustration being the DFFE's lack of implementation on their own commitments, I genuinely believe we're going to start to overcome these and start seeing these state plantations being recapitalized in partnership with industry and organized labor. Other positive things I think from a future perspective is we're seeing a big push domestically and internationally towards green and renewable products. And our sector is very well positioned um, to meet these needs. All of our products are renewable. We grow timber, we're not mining resources that are finite. And so I think the outlook is very positive for the industry domestically and abroad. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Michael Peter, the Executive Director of Forestry South Africa. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Farmers Inside Track Weekend. Remember, if you loved this podcast, Please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. From me, Numdu, our producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team, have an awesome weekend. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food from Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.